What's up, you ugly bitches? <laughs> you thought I was going to say just kidding, huh? What's up? I hope that you guys are having a great day and happy Sunday. Before we get into this episode and you guys hear yet another what's up from me, I just want to alert you that Emily and I have launched a new podcast. Yay! Yes. Yes. Um... Okay, that's not the button I was going for, but we launched a new podcast called Below the Influencer with a capital R, kind of just below the influence, get it? Below the influence or meaning we are 420 friendly and more. Just kidding. But we launched a new podcast, guys. Every Wednesday we are uploading new episodes. It's going to be a fun way to kind of kick it midweek. And also a lot of Emily and I's podcasts get really hype. Like people love to listen to us both converse. We're like, why wouldn't we just do a group podcast? How fun. So we're doing it every Wednesday. We're doing an array of different topics. It's going to be super fun, super original, and just kind of her and I. So if you guys haven't already listened to our first episode that dropped on New Year's Day, go ahead, head over to Below the Influencer, subscribe, rate the podcast, already just get excited for it with us. Make sure you share that you're listening as well. And you guys get to listen to me two times per week. I hope that you don't get bored of me or annoyed of me, <laughs> but if you do, uh, don't really care because I have a fun time doing it. So again, you guys are going to hear another intro here in about 15, 10, 15 seconds, but just bear with me. Okay. I wanted to do an extra intro because you guys are special and you deserve the best out of this first episode of 2021. Let's go. What's up you guys. Happy new year. First episode of the new year with brunch with Desby. I'm your host Des, also known as Desby. And the B is for billionaire. Just kidding. But that is what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. So I feel like when we jump into a new year, a lot of us create some New Year's resolutions. This can be, I want to have a fatter ass. I want to have a tighter core. I want to stop door dashing every fucking day. But for some people, it's like financial. I want to save money. I want to pay off my student loan debt, whatever it might be. So I wanted to bring my husband Wyatt on to discuss investments, investments, money, money mindset, how to save money, how to make money, why it's okay to want money, um, and more. So without further ado, we're going to get in the podcast, but before we do, just remember, check out the show notes, okay? That's where all the big T is in there, um, including our newest Six Weeks to Slay 2.0 six-week challenge, your go-to challenge for at gym or at home workouts, as well as a badass community with badass women. So with all that aside, again, I hate doing housekeeping. This is the first episode of the year. Let's just fucking get into it, you know? And without further ado, let's get in. for dramatic effect like what even is that i think it's birds bats a broken like, a broken sounds, swing it sounds like you're in kroger and you got I one faulty say, like shopping cart wheel i was literally gonna say <laughs> that last push before you put it in the carousel <laughs> and you're like fuck that's exactly it i would love to know what that uh, yeah is i think it's meaning I, birds for sure it's like chirping 
But if you really, if you if you want to use your imagination, it really does sound like a broken chair. Like I can literally see that one wheel fucking ricketing back yeah. and forth. You need some WD forty <laughs> on that button. That is so funny. Um, what's up, Wyatt? Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Such mm-hmm. such a hard time getting you on here. You know, I'm just happy to be a guest in your life. You know, I know. It's just so hard to you know meet up and you know, get up here to record. It's just such an unusual situation for sure. Um, As you guys are aware, we do have a child together and he is currently in the room as well. Maddox. Yay. Don't wake up. Okay. He's not, not going to say anything, which is good. That means he's sleeping. So we're going to try to knock this out for you guys in a precise manner while also obviously, you know, having fun and enjoying being here. But Really, the nitty-gritty of it, again, is making money, making New Year's resolutions on how to get more money or create that side hustle you want, whatever it might be. And, you know, ultimately, fixing your money mindset, because I think that's something I've struggled with, and Wyatt and I will both kind of share to begin, kind of like our our where we were grown up, you know, how are we grown up around money? Did we have an abundance of it? Did Did we create a bad money mindset, meaning the way we look at money in like a scarce way or whatever it might be. So I'll let Wyatt start and kind of explain his upbringing in a short manner, um, just resulting in... <laughs> I felt like you were attacking me just in a short manner. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> short. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, I mean, short and sweet, really, there's not much to it. I'm as privileged as you get growing up. I mean... You know, I'm living in a six-figure household between my mom and my dad. Both of them got into their respective industries earlier on before, you know, those respective industries blew up. Like, my mom sold computers for HP, and then as HP blew up before Dell really became into the picture, um, you know, she was, I mean, she had like $50 million quotas in a quarter, let alone what her quota was a year. So, I mean, she was making great money, six figures, few of them. My dad, he was right around the same spot. I would go on vacation. I'd go, I've been to Hawaii, Cabo. I've been on great places, but in terms of the money side of things, I can confidently say I learned almost nothing in terms of taxes, what money means, how to manage your money, mm-hmm. what money can do for you and what money can do against you. I, I've, I learned nothing of that. The only insight I got out of money well, two insights, I would break it up to generalize it is one, how much fun you can have with it. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows all the time, but you know, it gives you a lot of cool experiences. But the other side was my dad was a penny pincher at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I always knew we had money and I never was, yes, I was spoiled. I was an only kid you can imagine, but I was never, you know, in a position to where I'm begging for money, but I picked up, I would say some bad habits from spending on just random stuff. Like my dad, he'd take me out and he goes spend $2,000 on something. But then again, the next day he would be bitching about a phone bill. That's $20 more expensive than last month. So like there's times where I'll splurge and I'll spend more money than I need to. But then there's times I look at my money. I have plenty of money sitting there, but I look at it as if like I can't spend it. Mm -hmm. That is the extent of what I knew about money. I'm swear to God up until I would say beginning of quarantine, I've taught myself a lot, which we'll obviously dive into, but that's as short as and sweet as I can get. Yeah, I think, and it's important to note that like his parents were well off in their thirties, almost forties when 
they had Wyatt. So they were in respective careers as well. You know, they were oh, not, yeah. they, they were, were not deep young, in their careers. they weren't yeah. young parents, um, you know, where they're like struggling to make ends meet, yeah, bring a new and a job. 39. Nine. Yeah. yeah. So also Wyatt was the kid that got to like go overseas with his fucking history class. So if that tells you he's privileged, that's all you need to know. Yeah, I've I mean, <laughs> I've been to Hawaii twice. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't even I wasn't even able to go to like you know that Washington D.C. trip. Some kids are able to go on. Yeah. Do you, like do you know what I'm yeah. talking? Yeah. Yeah. It was like what a hundred bucks or yeah, something like I that could, per kid. Couldn't even go on that. Really, I didn't actually even know that detail. No. Wow. So Wyatt obviously grew up in a different controlled environment than I did, um, especially having parents that were already in, in their careers. Yeah. You know, my mom had me when she was 19, had my sister when she was 21, and then had my brother when she was 30, 31, maybe. I don't know. We're, thir- we're 13, 12, 13 years apart. So do the math. I don't care. Um <laughs> But growing up, my mom and my dad were together until I was in the fourth grade. They kind of started to split and then were officially a divorce in the fifth. So during my upbringing, my dad worked semi truck driver like all the time. So he would be gone for like a week and then we'd see him on the weekends or like then he'd be home for a week. Then he would leave for a week. Sometimes my sister and I would switch turns like being able to go with him on these trips because he would do like cross country trips. So that was kind of the extent of what our vacations looked like. You know, our vacation was in the back seat of my dad's bunk bed semi truck where we would play Barbies with my dad and he, he would gladly play with us back. And the only vacation we really went on was with my mom, my dad, we went to Disney and mind you, the weather was also terrible. Like it was like the worst drive to Disney oh God. and then Disney experience ever. Like, and not to mention they were months month or two from separating. So it was like the worst vibe and <laughs> it made me never want to go to Disney again. But then, um, but ironically now probably well, my, why you love Disney also. Right. <laughs> my dad ended up taking my sister and I like solo, you know, once they were divorced. Um, so my dad made decent money being a truck driver, but my mom at the time was pretty much a stay at home mom. She would clean houses. That's how she made her living. So she would make, you know what, like $18 an hour cleaning some ritzy fuckers house down the road and off of Lake Michigan. Uh, yeah. And then literally come home and take care of us. So, um, that was kind of my upbringing. The, the biggest thing that we got to do was each Christmas, we got to go to Abercrombie and Fitch and get a jacket. And that was like the fucking best. Cause nothing we ever bought was new. We would always go to Plato's closet and, um, get the brand names but to like kind of fit in, you know, cause we're, we're 10, you know, we're eight, nine, 10 years old. My mom's living with my aunt. I'm, I'm living off of a futon in my aunt's 900 square foot house, me and my sister. And then we go see my dad on the weekends. You know, it was just a weird time. We could have been worse off. Right. But we were getting, you know, free lunches, free breakfasts, we were a part of like a free lunch program, even during the summer. So we were able to walk down to the elementary and get free like lunches and stuff. So I definitely didn't grow up in the way of like abundance, you know, oh yeah, we can just do whatever. My parents spent their money on me travel sports. So I was able to have that experience, but that was like, that was my everything, you know? That's awesome though. It was, and it it was worth the, the discipline on their part financially preparing me for that. Cause you know, look where it got me and it got me in my passion and blah, blah, blah. So my mindset growing up was very much scarce. 
money was scarce. How do you save? If you have a lot, how do you, how do you keep a lot? Um, and that's kind of where my mindset still is while I'm trying to like break that a little bit. So we'll kind of dive into that from here. Um, but we do have questions. So I'll kind of bring those up to kind of start and then we can naturally go about, but I just wanted to make sure that you guys both knew where we grew up just cause you might see us now and be like, Oh yeah, they were, their parents were obviously well off or they taught them how to do all this shit. And it's like, I literally only knew how to like balance a checkbook and everything else I learned through opening my own business. You know, I taught yeah. myself all that. About- I've, I've learned nothing. Like as it's, it's funny. It's almost like we're complete opposites in two separate ways, your upbringing versus mine, but also your money knowledge and what your parents did for you in terms of money mm-hmm. compared to mine. It's almost like a pitfall of each. It's kind of comes with, depending on how you've grown up, obviously generalizing, but I mean, I learned nothing. I just assumed that this is just, you know, this is cool. I mean, obviously I learned as, you know, you build friends, you, you yeah. know, not everybody's in the same position, but it's funny hearing your story there. Like my comparison of Christmas time was my aunt who lives by herself would take me out and spend like a thousand dollars on me every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Like I, I didn't actually even know that story of the Abercrombie thing. Yeah. It was like the best. We always got the fuzzy coat, you know, like the nice puffer jacket with the fur on the coat on the, yeah, yeah. on the hood. And it was like, Oh fuck. Mom's oh, about to drop a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Watch oh shit. Out. Yeah. Um, but you know, one thing I'm really grateful my mom always did for me growing up was whenever we went to the mall, like my sister and I say we went with our best friends, right? And their moms drove us or something. My mom always found a way to give us both $20. And like, I know that sounds like a stretch or it doesn't sound like a stretch, but for her it was, but she always made sure we had that little bit of money. You know what I mean? To like feel go, of freedom. Like yeah, you can go do this. Yeah. yeah. And, no. but you know what it Your taught us, saint. it taught us also, how are we going to spend that $20? How do I get the most out of that $20? So in a weird way, it was still a lesson without her probably even making it a lesson. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So anyway, starting out again, we're going to cover an, a broad array of things. So if you guys are curious about one thing, like just keep listening, this is just going to be a very free flowing conversation. Um, Number one, I want to talk to this girl. She asks, what do you invest in and how can I get started? I've never done this shit. Was there that many T's? Yeah, it was like eight. Wow. She's really never done that shit. She was serious about it. Goodness. Yes. So what do you invest in? Me personally, I have a Roth IRA and I also have, well, I have multiple Roth IRAs and then an early retirement account. Um, I do that through an app called Acorns. Um, I put in like $20 a month from one account, $50, or I'm sorry, not a month, a week from one account and then $50 from the other one. And then between them both right now, I think I'm at like 15,000 on that app. It's a very secured app. Um, I've even talked to it with like my financial advisor. So I'll put the link in the show notes as well. But Acorns is a great app to get started on investments. Um, It is very much set up like a Roth IRA and you pick how much money you want to put in there each week and out of sight, out of mind. So that money for me just grows. I don't touch it. I started it two years ago and that's kind of one thing I invest in. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Des being the entrepreneur side of things has more of an idea of what the, I guess, I don't, I don't even know how to put it. The bank type investments, your account investments, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just stashing money away in, in this investment mm-hmm. piece, like with a bank, those I'm not a hundred percent familiar with, I'll be honest, but I know, you know, 
through TikTok, you see, you know, always be compounding. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen that, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a bunch of different things you can do and I'm sure Des can speak to it more as we keep talking. But, um, what interests me more than anything is just outside investments. Where can I go seek success and invest money in my roommate in college? He told me about cryptocurrency back when I think I was a sophomore, freshman year, sophomore, yeah. sophomore, junior. Um, but we looked into crypto cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, all that type of stuff. I put in $500. I told Des about it. She gave me $500. And I remember we, I was kind of in charge of it for a little bit. I enjoyed it. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I thought I did. Keep, keep watching the numbers. As the weeks go on, money goes up, money goes down. And I realized after... I don't even know, after I think a couple months, that bubble essentially of that first wave of excitement around Bitcoin Bitcoin burst. And my one of my investments that was like $10 a share went down to like 40 cents. Yeah. So I lost that $1,000. There's no doubt about that. But that actually taught me a pretty good lesson. It's just like, hey, you can find a lot of good success, but if you don't know what you're doing, you have to research. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my investment journey started. Um, so from there, since quarantine, really, Um, I've always, well, not even since quarantine from there, I've always known of real estate, how fun it can be, how successful it can be, but I didn't know all of the different moving parts. Um, so once we found this house, I loved our realtor. She kind of inspired me almost to think like, Hey, I could really do this. Like, I think this would be fun. I'm going to show houses to people and I'm being myself and just talking. Um, I thought that was great. But then, you know, as I started to build my career in sales, uh, you know, you start to realize what you do and don't like. Um, and a lot of what I don't like is busy work that doesn't necessarily pay off. And I started to look at real estate and, you know, being a real estate agent. And I realized it's a lot of the same thing. It's a lot of emails, it's a lot of follow-ups. It's, you know, just stuff I don't really enjoy. Um, and then from there, I started thinking about real estate more and more. And I stumbled upon biggerpockets.com. Um, so give that a look. If real estate investment seems like a good idea, it's super helpful. It's a great place to start. They have so many resources. I'm surprised they're not even bigger than they are in all honesty, but, um, with bigger pockets, I got into real estate investments. So ever since quarantine, I've been just looking into that, understanding what it means, watching YouTube videos, not knowing one bit of what it's saying. And after a while and after hours and hours of watching YouTube videos, I start to kind of pick apart what they're trying to get to. And then you look up that term that you don't know in the video, then that connects the dot. Then now you can be a little bit more targeted with your YouTube search. And then from there, um, I'm on a book. I'm halfway through one and it's a specific type of investing um, in real estate, which again, we can keep diving into. I know we have a few questions around that, but real estate investing has turned into something that I never saw being something so interesting, but here we are. And I'm excited to kind of see how much more I learn and to see how it goes. Because I think with Des and I, we're in a really good position to start now. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people might be older than us or younger than us. And you might think, Oh my God, I'm, I'm late to the party. I can't start. I can't start now. You can start whenever you want. The thing is social media makes it so easy to think that you're behind. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be like 50 and think you're behind because you see someone else, you know, whatever it's never going to end, but it's just an important reminder that it's never too late to learn. My biggest piece of advice in terms of, you know, how, where do I start? I've never done this before go literally just go to your local bank, speak to a financial advisor. They can at least give you 
a good uh, recommendation to start. If not, start those things like a Roth IRA, a 401k. I will say with a Roth IRA, if you're a small entrepreneur, self-employed, or looking even just for an extra investment place, a Roth IRA is a great way to compound money while being tax-free. Um, so instead Until you of, pull it out, right? Huh? Is it? The Roth means after you pull it out, you get taxed. After correct? a certain, after not a tax s- going in, correct is the idea, right? Correct, but I think after it's like a certain age, you can pull it out tax free. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Um, so it's kind of like that early retirement fund is what an IRA mimics it's, without it's being like a four hundred one k. Yeah, it's literally the four hundred one k for entrepreneurs. Correct. It yes. just has a different, yeah, a little bit different. So your money does grow in there on average, like I think about ten percent. Um. I had a decent chunk of money in there and I think I'm now up like upwards to twelve to fifteen thousand dollars that it's already grown since I put that money in. When did you um, start? Two years ago. Nice. So that's literally two different decisions to invest money and you're at a collective roughly thirty thousand in two years. Technically. Yeah, those two different Around. the acorn and the Roth IRA. Or unless you're talking about the same thing. Um I think I think you actually ref is the acorns attached to this one. No, that's a separate IRA. Okay, well then there so you I go. Multiple. I mean, like that's just a, that's just I'm just saying that in the terms of an example. Like you, it can happen quick. Everybody's in a different spot of how much they can invest, but mm-hmm. all it takes, swear to God, is just understanding where to put the money. Well, even with acorns, and somebody to trust, obviously, to tell you where. But with acorns, I didn't even put in a chunk. So, like with an IRA, I had to put in. I think my first year, I put in like thirty six thousand dollars. So. That was like the money I had to put in. In my Acorns account, I didn't put in anything to start. I just started pulling out that $20, $50 a month, right? So you have two different options. Either number one, you have a decent chunk of money that you can invest right away or like put away. Because remember, this money that you're putting into IRAs, you're going to get back. It's simply like putting it in a wallet that you cannot touch until you're old enough. It's like forgetting you have cash in your wallet. Right. So you never lose that money. That's why IRAs are so valid is because instead of getting taxed and Uncle Sam taking your money, the government taking your money, you can put it into this account tax-free. It deducts off your actual taxes. So it's a tax break from your actual, like, say, accountant and stuff for your um, federal and government tax each year, but it also gives you the chance to grow it, um, and no one be able to take it from you. Right. So that kind of, there's two different ways to do it. If you have a good chunk of money and you're like, I just want to put this somewhere. It's just sitting around. You can invest it in an IRA or on the other end, if you don't have money, a lot of money right now, but you're like, fuck, I really want to start saving for this or whatever. You can then use an app such as acorns to take that money very slowly, but collectively. Yeah. And there's a fine line, honestly, I would, from what I've learned in real estate, there's a fine line of what Des is speaking and also putting your money where your money will literally work for you. Creating oh, well, yeah. passive I mean, income, I'm, right? We're, we're talking investments, not passive income. Sure, but investments create that, Can't, like, which compounding is technically a passive income. Sure. So but- it's the same thing. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, from what I've learned, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's another book to look up. It's great. It just teaches about investing more so on the real estate side, but- um, it's okay to go into debt is it's a weird saying to say, but, um, pulling out a loan for a house that you want to invest in, you know, putting a 20% down, letting it sit there for a couple years, you know, there's things like that that are okay. And there's times where saving, yes, you should do it, save your money. You know, obviously don't be just spending it left and right, but you know, a lot of times savings 
is great, but it might not get you to the goal maybe you want to get to. So that's where outside and proactive investments can come into play, which again, we can speak to a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think either way, as long as you're putting money somewhere, especially in a compounding sense on what Des is speaking to, or even the passive income side, you're winning. You're absolutely winning. And there's so many ways to do it. And it does not take much. Yes, it takes a YouTube or Google search so you have no idea what you're looking at, but you literally read through until you start to figure it out. It's weird, but like you literally brain dead read something until things start to make sense. And then you just keep going from there. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's just, you know, if you're looking for somewhere very simplified to start, obviously right now investing in something much smaller is way easier because not everyone has the availability or want to go out and invest in outside resources. So for, for the plain Jane person here who is just, you know, working working a job and wanting to put money away for their future, IRAs, other investment type apps like that could be a good place for you to be um, comfortable to start. Number one tip you've always followed financially. Didn't really have one. Save. And I'm learning more and more the it's not you shouldn't be your first choice just to save. So yeah, that I, was what I was taught and the more I'm learning about just general investments, saving is not going to make you rich. Savings going to hold money for you. Sure if you put it in a compounding sense again, you know, it's going to build it, but savings not going to make you rich. Savings not going to get you that that dream life. You know what I mean? It's going to get you in a position where, you know, you're comfortably retiring at 60 or 50 to 60, whatever that range could be, but you know, that's living off, you know, I, I don't know how much that would be. It depends on how much you'd invest, but you know, a good amount of money, you know, right. but there's also a lot of life leading up to that 50 to 60 that you should be enjoying and not only worrying about saving. And that's where proactive investments come in. Again, me and Des, we're coming from this from two different angles, essentially so far at least, but yeah. Yeah. I think my greatest tip, um, probably always just don't live outside your means. And that's something my dad always taught me. And then why it's dad, consistently said oh throughout God. our whole relationship don't live outside your means don't live, yeah, above, don't your live means. above your means don't live about outside your means. um to a certain so to a certain point yes like definitely don't but that also doesn't mean you can't like treat yourself or do something that feels good for you so for me i've just been one to kind of pick a few things each month knowing that those are my reoccurring self expenses you know things that i like to do getting my nails done getting my hair done things like that. What do I do monthly for me? Outside of that, everything else is kind of delegated to my business, bills, Maddox, you know, food, everything else in between that. Um, But when it comes to a certain type of lifestyle that maybe Wyatt and I could very much live right now, we're choosing not to because we want to invest that money elsewhere. So I would rather encourage you guys to save up the money you can on the outside to the point where you can make that investment somewhere. And that's the only reason I will tell you to save is so that you can start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like Wyatt is kind of hinting, like you have, you can't save to make money. You have to spend money to make money literally. And by spending meaning investing or putting it elsewhere. Um, and it is a place where, in today's world, I feel like it's not really educated on, you know, we have these old farts, no offense that are trying to teach us to still save money, but there's not really anyone like our age telling us 
how to save money. So it's like, of course, we don't really feel like listening to fucking Dave Ramsey anymore, you know, because he's just, he fits an older generation. I wish there was someone a little bit like newer and like more Gen Z appropriate, I guess if that makes sense. To Or even genuine at that That level. too. But just to like teach us all, you know, a little bit more. And I think that TikTok does a good a good job. If you get on Finance Talk, you know, if you can find that in your algorithm. It is good. Um, there is a lot of really good information with, again, those younger people that can help. But at the end of the day, we don't want to listen to these these old men, right? It's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, you're living on your fucking yacht, like, and you're 60. No shit, you should be well off. How can I do it now, you know? Yeah, and also those people with yachts that are telling you to save your money, you are absolutely insane if you don't think that they have invested and they have multiple streams of passive income, multiple streams of, you know, active income. I don't even know what you call that other mm-hmm. side, but they have their money in a hundred different places, but they're going to sit there and tell you to save like that. There's no rich person that's never been in debt or put themselves in debt on or is purpose still in debt. to make money. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You're, you're out of your mind. I guarantee some of the most wealthy people I, okay, maybe not Bezos. Okay. We're getting up there, yeah. but you get, you get the idea. Uh, debt is good mm-hmm. if you do it the right way. Correct. It, and debt that, is an okay thing, yes. but to kind of tie this in, one of my other tips that I just thought of from what Des was mentioning was, uh, I remember I started my job in Florida. Um, I'm in training. I'm, I'm with a table of 30 year olds that are in their third or fourth career sales job. And I'm way out of my league no idea what's going on. We're talking about 401ks and just getting it set up. So not even like, you know, how, how it can be great, but more so of like, Hey, here's how you set it up. I was talking to one of the guys there and he gave me the best advice. He goes, put your money, put as much money as you in, as you can. in now percentage wise, you know, go 10%. They match us a hundred percent at 4%. Go to six, go to 10. He goes, you just got out of college. You were used to living broke live broke as long as you can and you'd be surprised what your money can do for you. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. I've thought about that a lot. You know, coming out of college, you're used to being broke or let alone broke. Say you're just used to 40 to 50 to 60 to $70,000 a year. Live like that. Even when you start to make leaps and bounds, maybe the next year, the year after that to where you're making the most out of your money and you're living again below your means or, you know, at the means that are acceptable. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, I just thought that was great advice. You know, get, wherever you're at now, be used to it if you more money comes into your hand and invest that extra money S- or save it for at least a year, two years, and then invest the money you've saved up. I think that's the idea. Save money, absolutely put it in places that it's going to grow in interest, separate it, have multiple streams of passive income, but also be aware of what you want to do with that money when the time comes that's where you got to use that time to be able to invest it right. Right. And again, a way that you can educate yourself on that is not just YouTube videos and stuff like that, but go talk to a financial advisor, even, even if for some odd reason they charge you money, right? Say it's like, Oh, $50 for an hour of my time, literally spend that $50. That's investing in you. That's another kind of investment, right? You're investing in that education so you can do it better. Um, next question was, what credit card would you recommend for a first timer? Um, and this is really funny to me because Wyatt actually has absolutely like no credit. And I have credit. I don't have a credit card. I've actually. What do you have credit from? Uh, I mean, paying bills, stuff in my okay, name. Okay. Well, I'm yes. Now gonna okay. Have, okay. Now going to have a car in my name. Right. Um, 
Yeah, those would be my biggest things. Um, Why I didn't I, I was, have I didn't have student, student loans. loans. I was lucky enough to have a scholarship to play football. He never had a car. He's never um, had his own car. Yeah, no. And again, that comes from my upbringing. I was very lucky to not have to worry. And my mom and dad put together a college fund to where after a scholarship, if I you know ran out of the money that they gave us once a semester um, for that scholarship money, then you know I had something to go to. So I mean, I was never in a bad spot, but I'm lucky enough to not be in debt. So. It's funny. I actually was talking to my buddy that I played football with who is actually in real estate investing. And we were talking about credit and how it was getting set up and getting approved for loans and how this process worked that we were both doing. And he he was saying the exact same thing as me. He goes, dude, I wish I could prepare. He's like, his girlfriend, he's like, yeah, she's all set. She has student loans, all this stuff. Her credit's amazing. I had to use her for a co- like co-approval or co-signer. And that's like the same with Des with even buying this house. I had no credit because I had no reason to have mm-hmm. credit. You know, sure, I could have had a credit card. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it's there's not much, honestly, that I've learned about credit cards. But from my perspective, just get something that's going to have a low credit limit. Um, I think there's even the credit cards that offer, obviously, a lot of different um, rewards. But I was just going to go for something generic, like uh, the Discover credit cards, your base level. I've heard great things about that. I've done research on those. Um, I've come across a few. I think it's, um, there's a website. I think it's nerdwallet.com. Look up nerdwallet. That mentions credit cards and you can search credit cards and what their specs are and rating of, you know, your credit score and what you could be approved for. Look up that way as well. Yeah, I got my first credit card when I was 18 because my dad made sure I got one right away. Yes, yeah, I um, never had that. <laughs> so I had mine, my first one, and I literally got the credit limit set up for $300 a month. I would use it um, every Christmas during college to do all my Christmas shopping. And then at the time, I had like this part-time job at a little home decor store. So then I would pay off my credit card at the end of every month. Um, I would also use it for gas. So like I would just go swipe it for my gas, literally get in my car, get on my online app, pay it off just because it's what my dad taught me. He was like, once you spend it, just pay it off right away. You know, you have the money. So just do it. Um, after a few years of that, it was just last year, I think my credit limit, they gave me a new credit card, right? Cause they're like, Hey, you're doing a great fucking job here. Take more money from us. So (laughs) they gave, they gave me a credit card with a thousand dollar limit. I really do not touch it anymore because I have enough loans in my name. I have the house, I have my car. Um, I have just like a ton business. of other credit, yeah, business in general. Um, Success I have through employees, yep. yeah. So the, the the banks are seeing me delegate money other places, right? I don't have to worry about building my credit as much anymore because it's very well or established. Building a loan history, which you Correct. have, and that all plays into getting a credit card. It's not right. just your credit score; it's your experience with the bank. If the bank's works with you a hundred times and you've, they will give you as much money out, as you want. It doesn't matter what does not matter what you show up to the bank for. If you have history of paying them back, they'll charge you interest and they'll be making money off you. So they're happy. Yeah. So I would just look into like, like why I said nerd wallet, I'll link all these in the description, the show notes. Um, but just find, I guess, you know what? Yes. What yields the best like payback, um, options and like credit. What fits you? I mean, there's lifestyle choices in that too, but from my perspective and what I was told was just pick something generic, something, a gas card. It's all it is, especially for a newbie, just get something super simple 
doesn't have any, you know, credit spend per year. There's a lot of credit cards. If you spend $500 in your first six months, they give you a free $300. Right. So like, look for some of those. I think that's your best place to start because the whole idea of what your question is, is how do I start building credit? And that's it. Get but a very easy card to operate. But also don't don't stress about like doing extensive research. Also at the end of the day, yeah. credit card's a credit card. Yes. So yes, find one that fits for you, but like don't fucking don't It's not a stress. Yeah, piece. don't stress it's about just, it. There, there's options, but Yes. Um another one, tips for home first time home buyers, um, slash a lot of people are asking in general just how to budget. You know, how to budget for those bigger buys for a new car, whatever it might be. Um, how can I do that? And my tip would be to not have a kid. Don't have a kid. <laughs> um, do you want to hand him to me? I mean, he's he, he's is fine. he okay? Yeah, he's just making. Sorry, some noises. Ma- Maddox is kind of he's rolling. You know, he's kind of like, do I want to wake up? I can't tell. <laughs> so I'm just kidding about ha- not having a kid. But um, in order to start budgeting and saving up for that first time home, a lot of people don't get into the home market and wanting to buy a house because you have to have a down payment, right? And people- Which can be huge. They'll spend no $1,500, $2,000 a month on rent, which at the end of the day, say you spend like 12000 to even 20000 a year, like in rent, say you have like this really nice place, but then you wonder why you can't create a down deposit on a home, right? Because you're spreading out that- <laughs> you're spreading out that big chunk of money. <laughs> this is parenthood. We're, We're not even editing this out because this is just, this is what it is. This is raw. This is raw. Raw. Roth IRA. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I definitely would start budgeting to where- You can't just keep talking. <laughs> instead, of, instead of that big chunk of money going throughout the duration of the year, how can you put that into- a separate account month to month, right? And that can just start whenever putting X amount away month to month in a separate account under your current bank account. So this doesn't have to be an IRA. This is just your own personal savings up for that um, down deposit. And you have to remember too, based on your personal income bracket and stuff like that, you will also be kind of directed on how much you'll have to put down on a home. So before you count yourself out of even being prepared to have a home right now, Go to the bank. Can you actually, what are you qualified for? See if you can get pre-qualified for a home. It's completely, it's yes, it's it's zero dollars. Got to get pre-approved. They check your, they check your credit. It is a hard credit check, but it's not going to hurt your credit to a point where you shouldn't do it. So you could at least see what you would be pre-approved for and what that down payment would look like for you. So if you're someone out there and you're like, dude, I really want a home. I know what I want it to look like. I know my budget. I just don't have the money to put down go actually do the research first because you might actually have that money. A lot of first-time homeowners can get away with only putting like, 2 to like, 4% yeah, down. Super low. Super, super low. That could be just a couple grand that you could easily save up for in a couple months or up, you know, that year or whatever. So don't count yourself out. However, I will say for budgeting, you can use, again, another app. It's called Mint, M-I-N-T. Um, it's found on the App Store. It's actually really nice. It links up to all your bank accounts, and you can delegate different budgeting points based on stuff. So like pets, grocery, gas, home, bill, electric, whatever. And it will also remind you of like upcoming loan payments you have, um, where you're at in your percentages of spending. So if you made a goal of like, okay, only $30 on groceries, say you're at 27, it'll send you an alert or notification. Hey, you're almost over your budget on groceries. So 
that could be a great place for, again, someone to easily start. I'm a huge app person. I'm on my phone all the time anyway. So if there's an app for it, I'm probably fucking using it. Um, that could be a great place to start. And again, delegate your little like mini tasks, even if it's just creating a shitty Excel sheet, where do you want to spend money on yourself? Where do you need to spend money on like your home or apartment or whatever? What are your fixed expenses versus your, your variable expenses, what you, your fun money versus your serious money, right? Yeah. So for example, variable money, groceries, your fixed expenses, your bills, your reoccurring Uh payments, get those in line. It's, it's not hard. I'm sure all of you could list off uh, probably about five to 10 subscriptions that you could be yep. involved with. Think about which ones you can get rid of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, and then see if there's any other subscription, um, you know, possibilities that you can then put that money towards each month towards even saving mm-hmm. Acorn or into a different subscription. That's maybe a learning tool. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can be creative and it doesn't take much, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with those. Well, and just remember too, like guys, you, you also have to enjoy your money. Yes. You it's, also it's have so, to enjoy it. That's so why it's, you don't want to just save until you're 50, no, 60. You don't want to enjoy your life up to that too. So absolutely budget, right? Budget say, Hey, I, I don't want to DoorDash every fucking day. I'm going to budget myself to DoorDash only once a week or whatever, but don't, don't take away from like your self care. Like, Oh, well I want a house. So I'm never going to go get my hair done again. That's, that's your time, right? So that's your mental health side. That's how you can take care of yourself and and get away from the excess, you know, stress of life. So keep some of those things in there, but maybe you get your hair, nails, lashes, fucking facials and massage each month. You can probably take away a few of those, right? Keep a few self-care things in for, you know, your variable expenses, but obviously make sure again that you're deciding where you're using the money that you were spending to then put away. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. How to make side money from a side hustle or investing? Um, I mean, there's so many ways. I mean, the there's beauty so, is- Dude, there's so many ways to make money, guys. There's so nowadays, many ways. I'm telling you right now, if you don't, or uh, let's put it this way, if you don't have a desire or if you don't have- a side hustle, or you can't think of one off the top of your head that you could even possibly set up in a week's time, month's time, you're mistaken. Yeah. There is you, so, oh my God, much, so many ways. There's so many ways to make money. Someone always needs your help. Oh shit. Like I need a fucking babysitter right now. Who, who is around <laughs> me that would care.com bitch, go sign up, become a fucking babysitter. You like kids or you need free birth control care.fucking.com right now to get your background check Make extra mon- money on that side hustle. Boom. There's yeah. one. Yeah. Um, number two. Bitch, you know how I made it through college? I fucking bought. Okay, get this. This is this was what? literally my first fucking entrepreneurial adventure. I would go out every weekend in college, right? I'd go out and I would get sl- slammed, okay? Every Friday, I would go to Charlotte Roos in the mall. And I would buy about $13 worth of clothes on the clearance rack, right? I'd wear it out. A Sunday fucking night, I would turn around and sell that shit on Poshmark for double the money. Did you really? Sure did. I didn't know. I, I, never, I never ever kept the same outfit I would go out in. Everyone would be like, Des, you always have a different outfit each week. I'm like, how the fuck do you think I fund it? 
I would go to Poshmark. I would sell it for double the price so I could go back the next weekend, have extra money for booze, and then have new money for mon- for new clothes. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 such small things. Like, it is. I, I work, I, my sales job now, for example, my sales job now, I can easily be working 50, 60 hours a week on my busy weeks. There's a guy that I started with who's in his 30s, uh, was a basketball coach um, in the collegiate level, great guy. He has a for I think the past five to 10 years even, he's had a shoe side hustle. He buys some of the more hype beast type shoes and he flips them all the time while still working the exact same job I do 50, 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. I asked him just because out of curiosity, you know, with me looking into real estate, I I asked, you know, hey, how, how do you do it? Like, is it tough? Like, where'd you start? How long? He goes, dude, it's super easy. You just build connections you make that network and guess what everybody says you get somewhere by knowing somebody not what you know or i don't even remember what the the saying is but regardless the more people you know the better the more you can make and build a connection or a relationship with that person with these people that are experts or have an end that you need that's all it takes a lot of the time then the work's done for you so even with this this guy's doing that side hustle and so i'm thinking why can't I start real estate while also having this job? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where this whole idea started for me, it does, to where we want to start investing here in the next couple months. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, we're starting to look at actual deals. So now I'm starting to run the numbers. I'm getting more practice and doing that. I'm doing that at 7, 8 o'clock at night, just sitting in bed on my laptop. Or I get bored at work and I just open up a new tab and I run through some real estate stuff. Or I'll work out in the morning And after my workout, I'll read a book. You know what I mean? It's just something quick. It can be an hour of your time. And honestly, mentally, I can't tell you, I've never been a super, you know, work harder, not smarter guy. I've always been a work smarter, not harder. And I can't tell you how rewarding it is to know that I'm also dedicating my full-time salary job, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, while also dedicating time to working out, self-improvement, and also learning for future use let alone for me and making money, but for my family, you know what I mean? Like for me, working in a corporate job is awesome, but it's not my end goal. I'd rather work for myself, my family and have the money work for me. And so that's kind of where this idea also came with the podcast is just what real estate investments can do and just overall money, monetary investments and how it just takes time to learn and be consistent. Take one if there's something you take out of this, take one actionable step each day towards the goal you want to have. One. Mine is I make sure I read for at least 10 minutes a day, at least. And if I don't, I'm looking at something else. So a YouTube video, I'm at least watching a few of those. Like I'm watching one thing. I'm learning something every single day. I don't know what it is or how long I'm going to spend doing it, but it's one thing. It's like you don't go to the gym, you know, once out of three months and expect results, it takes consistency. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, and where Wyatt is right now in his job and trying to create this other additional side hustle to then take over, which would be the real estate part. That's where I was in my unpaid internship. I would literally work on the clock on my first like fit guides, on my little guides, on my PDFs, on my coaching while I was on the clock at Wendy's. And then I would, I would come home at night, work another 
five hours, oh my God. wake up in the morning, work five hours, do my social media while on the clock at work. I mean, it sounds shitty, but listen, I was replaceable anyway. So why the fuck do I care? Yep. If, if there's anyone. Be careful. At, don't lose your job. Of course. <laughs> but she well, was also doing that. I'm if sure. you're, if you're at a, a corporate position right now and you're like, Oh my God, well, if they find me on my phone, I'm going to be fired. You could, they could replace you tomorrow anyway. So, you know, start creating that they side hustle on the side. That manager's own metrics. Right. They care about you because the better you do, the better they do. And the better that person does, the better that boss does. Then from there, the company does better. It's, right. It's not about you. It's about whoever's controlling the company. That's who's making the money. Shit rolls downhill. Yeah. So point being is just like. Do it yourself. Do, do what it. makes you feel good. Find your little side hustle. Have multiple stream of incomes. Um, in some way, shape or form. And again, that, that comes even down to knowing, say, you know, you live in an older, (laughs) you live in an older community, um, with elders around, right? Maybe it's just knowing every winter, these fuckers need their snow, their, their driveways snowblowed and you go do that for them. That's an extra $20 a driveway, right? Like there's so many ways, infinite ways to make money. Don't tell yourself there isn't you, you can always offer someone something that you're good at. And if you don't know, ask. Yes. I'm sure you know people in your life that are successful. And I promise you, if you latch onto them and just start asking questions, teach yourself. But the stuff you learn that you can't really explain, go to them. Ask them to explain it. Never be the most successful person in a friend group. It, yeah. Because no. at that point, you're never growing. Yeah. It, so be the poor bitch. <laughs> and I swear to God, and it's so funny though, that story that Des mentioned of her working after Wendy's. I remember my mom calling me because she was living with my mom and my dad. Um, I remember my mom calling me one day and saying, "Why, Des doesn't fucking stop. She's like, I almost feel bad. It's like, should I do something? My mom and dad are super interactive, very social people. Des, when she's focused, don't talk to don't me. fuck with her. So... I remember my mom, she just started to feel bad because Des would come home from working a 10-hour day, then work until midnight, 1 a.m. or 9 o'clock and go up to bed. You know what I mean? And like my mom wouldn't talk to her. She's like, I just feel bad. And And you know, plenty of people would look at me as a 21-year-old and be like, oh my God, you missed out on so much. It's like, yeah, but now I've built a six-figure business and I'm fucking thriving with a kid and a husband. So like you might, you have to sacrifice things to reap rewards in the future. And to, to be honest, in my opinion, I'd rather give up all my twenties to be fucking living in my thirties and my forties. Cause I'll be honest, I'm almost 25 now and I still feel like I'm 18. So it's just funny to think that you're going to feel the same way. It's not like mm-hmm. things are going to change drastically. No. Yes, your life will change, but who you are, you might be surprised. That's at least what I've learned. Mm-hmm. So start doing it now. Sacrifice. I remember that was another thing my dad always told me. If you want to get somewhere, you have to sacrifice something. And it's got to be something that's important that you wouldn't otherwise think about. Mm-hmm. And for me in high school, I realized I had a shot to go play college football. I sacrificed skiing and snowboarding, which I've been doing since I was four years old, was a passion of mine. I had passion for lacrosse, basketball. I quit everything and I focused on football and year-round training. Yep. And from that, I reaped the rewards. So it it's always going to have a different shape or size to what that sacrifice is, but it's always going to happen. Right now, what I'm realizing I need to sacrifice to learn real estate is one, being uncomfortable or being comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and whether that's physically being tired and mentally checked out from talking to people all day and doing sales or being uncomfortable asking people and being vulnerable at the fact that, Hey, I don't know. 
I don't feel like bothering you. I feel stupid bothering you. You're probably going to think that it's not worth your time and therefore I feel bad and you start to analyze the whole situation, but rather just reach out more often than not. They're going to help you. Yeah. You know, so it's just be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's going to come. Success is going to come from that. Yeah. And to be honest, not to be like woo woo, but you really do have to manifest success. You have to believe in yourself and and you have to believe in what you have to offer other people. Um, last question before we kind of wrap up, I just wanted to address because someone asked you, did you have student loan debt? And if so, did you pay it off before investing? I do have student loan debt. I have, I think like 20, little over $20,000. And last year I did make it a resolution to pay it off. I was going to pay it off. But number one, 2020, number one, 2020, all payments got Leave deferred, got all payments got deferred. So like, why the fuck would I pay it off when I don't even need to pay it right now? And it's interest free, meaning that that money isn't building, right? Like I'm, I'm still at the same amount I was because payments were deferred. Number two, I was going to pay it off, but then there's this talk of potential loan forgiveness. So why would I pay it off right away when there's a potential that an amount could be paid off um, for me? Number three, my loan payments are like $200 a month. It's nothing. I would rather keep that current debt right now to be able to have money in my pocket to invest elsewhere. Could I put 20 grand down and pay off my student loans? We're hitting rock bottom. We're hitting rock bottom. He's getting hungry, guys. So we're wrapping it up. Um, Could could I pay off the $20,000 right now? Sure. But then I would have... I would lose $20,000 that I could put down on a house or that I could put down, um, you know, on an investment, right? On my Roth IRA, something like that. So it's kind of just being smart about, do I need, could I pay it off now? Yes. But is it a smart investment virtually, right? Because I'd be investing and paying off that debt. And for me, it just personally, it didn't add up yet. Um, So as much as it was my resolution and I felt kind of like shitty for not following through with it, it was kind of like, no, it's okay because it, it financially didn't make sense to do. So that's kind of where we're at. Point point being, guys, it's okay to want to make money. It's okay to want to make money. It's okay to want success. It's okay to want to be able to buy nice cars and buy nice things. It does not mean you're vain. It doesn't mean you're greedy. It doesn't mean anything. It is okay to change that mindset and, and want to to be successful. I think why it's going to peace out, um, why it's going to leave. So I'm going to wrap up without him. <laughs> bye Wyatt. And bye Maddox. He is, um, he's getting hungry. So I also have to go too, because I'm his human bottle. He he ha ha. Burr investments. Got it. I got it written down. Learn OPM. Okay. Got it. So learn how to use other people's money, not your own. Look up OPM. Look up Burr Investments, B-U-R-R. Um, and then also this Bigger Pockets website, which again, everything's going to be in the description box. Um, again, guys, this is real life. This is how my life is right now. We had about uh, 50 minutes until he exploded and boom, goes the dynamite. So um, again, guys, it it's hard for me to discuss money because again, I didn't come from much. I didn't come from much at all. And so to want to make money, it's hard for me to say that because it's like, I'm not greedy. I want to make money so I can help other people, right? I want to invest it so I can make better businesses and better stuff. Um, I don't just want it to fucking support a, 
addiction of getting like designer handbags. You know what I mean? Like I love, I love spoiling myself sometimes, but I want to pour it back in so that I can invest it again and again and again. That's what success can look like. So start small. You don't have to start big. You shouldn't start big. Okay. You just have to continue to educate yourself and believe in yourself and start now. Start now. I don't care how old you are. Figure out how you can start now. And I guarantee you 2021, go to your bank, make a appointment with your financial advisor, even if it's over the phone, whatever they're doing for COVID. Okay. And that's where I want you to start. Look up the app Acorns. I'll put my link and whatnot um, in all the show notes. Okay. You're not going to lose out here. This is all going to be good information for you. Um, But thank you guys for hanging out with me again. I know it's a little bit of a different, um, different episode, but I want you guys to go into 2021 with a new mindset on how you can be bigger and better and your wallets can be fatter and your ass can be fatter. All right. (laughs) Don't forget about my six weeks to slay 2.0 challenge available in the show notes, guys. We're only open until January 10th. So if you want to be a part of the best six week challenges on the market at home, at gym, up to a thousand dollars in winnings and weekly challenges, plus more, make sure you click the link in the the show notes. I always say description box in the show notes and join myself and all my coaches. So I love you guys. Happy fucking new year, 2021. Let's fuck shit up. Let's get rich and let's get bigger asses.